Welcome to Numb Phil's Fan Podcast for episode number 141. I'm your host, David Palermo, and as always, please subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty big up on Instagram. If you want to see like what's going on in the real deal tailgates, I don't know if you see any of my little cheat codes for parking, park at 555-520A. If you come in through the field house, at least that's where I roll to get to the Red Pinto tailgate. So, um, also, we're brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network. Those are the guys responsible for getting me on the sidelines to pretend I know something and um, kind of look around and see people that aren't on the team anymore, which is kind of neat. Got these cool media cards. So, thank you, Grandstand Sports. So, follow them along on Twitter, Instagram as well. And uh, if you don't know about it, get on GrandstandSportsNetwork.com, and they have pretty much like a 24-7 radio station that you tune into, and I have like a time slot. So every time I drop a podcast, it rolls up in there. There's a lot of great podcasts on there. Um, CoverOne.net has a draft podcast. Also, Lockdown Sports Franchise is up on there. And lastly, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports, and it's a podcast um, for three comedians. San Tripoli, Ari Shafir, and Jason Tebow. And San Tripoli has a comedy album out called The Diabolical, I believe. And Ari Shafir has a special on Netflix, a double special called Double Negative. And on the line now with us is Jason Tebow. And uh, what do you got going on, man? I'm literally p- pissing in my kitchen sink right now. Literally urinating in my kitchen sink. And... I live in a studio apartment. It's four steps for me to get to the bathroom. So what's up, everybody? And I swear to God, I'm not joking. Does it smell? Because usually when I pee in the sink, it kind of smells a little yeah. extra. Nah, everything's straight up. Everything's golden, bro. Golden. And this is also how I do my dishes. And there's a water drought in California. So this is how I save pretty much the planet. Thank you. Uh, what's up, everybody? How are you? Dude, did you really just give out um, free... Like the advice about like where the cheap parking is at Bills games. Yeah, dude, this guy's awesome. I may or may not smoke him up a little bit when I pull in and come to find out like he may have a relative or may not have a relative that does like uh, Wolverine appearances. And Hang like, on, let me tell you this. You sound robotic. You sound robotic. I'm going to give an audio break to you if anybody's listening to this and it sounds the same way. Oh, how's that sound now? Yeah, that sounds way better. It sounds way better. Okay, cool, dude. I won't move. Yeah, that's part of Yeah, you're welcome, listeners. That is a professional podcaster right there. You are welcome. Uh, yeah, man, everything's cool, man. I'm glad to be on the show. I'm ready for we got the Falcons bills this week. Uh, crazy week with this whole Trump thing, uh, which is just uh, it's nuts. Um, I, 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 you know what's so funny, bro? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make two points, right? Yeah. Two points that I want to make. One. Does everybody not remember the 1980s when Donald Trump and his father tried to buy the Buffalo Bills and they were denied by the NFL owners? And then he started the USFL and then he sued the NFL for a monopoly in which he actually won and they were forced to write him a $2 check. He's hated the NFL since the 1980s and now he's the president. You don't think he has an ax to grind? It's like me getting a movie and tweeting about my ex-girlfriends being like, I told you, bitch. 
Yeah, it's um, it's honestly ridiculous because, you know, I don't really dive into politics because I'm not smart enough. But it, it turns out like the more we live, the more life is for me at least like idiocracy. Like, dude, no, don't call on me, man. I I can't be smarter than you. You look so much smarter. But really, Donald Trump is a fucking president. Like, what do you expect? You know what I mean? It's Secondly. Like, my second point to make, which both these I forgot to make on Punch Drunk, so if Punch Drunk fans are listening to this, you know, this came to me later. Second point I want to make is that um, uh, uh, he, okay, so factor, factor this exact same shit in too as well. So tries to buy the bills, goes through all that, does all this. Uh, now he's fucking with the NFL. And basically what he's saying in a public rally is I'm the president of the United States. And the NFL, the ratings are bad. They have a bad product. The NFL does not respect America, the flag, or the troops, which none of that is what this is about. And fuck the NFL. Right? That's what he's saying. So, cut to, I saw a tweet from about six years ago when Obama made a statement about, I believe that the Washington Redskins should entertain changing their mascot name because a lot of American Indians say that it's offensive. And Donald Trump started tweeting at Obama saying the president of the United States has no business getting involved with the NFL and you should be worrying about presidential things. <laughs> what, motherfucker? And now you're doing what, you fucking bitch? Fuck him. And dude, not for nothing, the bills are not the robotic team. Robotic again. With. Sounding robotic again. Dude, really? Now you sound good. All right. Um. You know, and the Bills are not the team to mess with with the racism thing. And it's like, you know, Jim Kelly's our fucking hero here. And not for nothing, I Scott really... Scott Norwood. Don't forget about Scott Norwood. Hey, man, he came back to Buffalo and they clapped for him. You know what Bro, I'm saying? that they 30 for him. 30. Dude, I'm a fucking grown-ass man. I was probably 43 when I watched that thing. I'm sitting in my apartment, the one I just peed in the sink in. And I was crying, bro. I was watching that and I was so choked up. What a wonderful city. What a what a what a a city like that deserves sports teams, even though, you know, it's not you know, you don't get it's not like L.A. I mean, a city like this, like Los Angeles, does not deserve sports teams. I get we're the biggest city, but dude, they know there's not that many homegrown fans that aren't Mexican. You know what the problem is with the NFL? Like, really, what the big fucking problem is with the NFL? Hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Not even not hypocrisy. even that. I think it's a broader I, I, the hypocrisy is really that, you know. These old guys, they're really just transferring from fucking flip phones to iPhones now. And if you notice, those same people are getting online and trying to, like, pull the racist garbage that we pull. Oh, that's just crazy Uncle fucking Kenny. We know he's a racist. No. Yada, yada, yada. Is, to me, the problem is that politics is now involved in football when it shouldn't be. Because if we really were concerned about the issues, there should have been a lot more boycotts. Right now, we're seeing more boycotts about this protesting thing which is totally your american right to do we are seeing more protests about this than we are than we were about michael vick killing dogs about ray rice punching a woman about ray caruth uh trying to assassinate his pregnant girlfriend because he didn't want her to be pregnant uh than any of these you know real issues duis drug addiction um, uh, the end of the CTEs, uh, uh, the rampant use of steroids, the rampant use of HGH, all these different things that, uh, that are, are actually much more important human issues. Uh, whatever. That's just the NFL. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody doesn't like the troops. Whoa. Hey, get out of my country, Nazi. 
It's fucking stupid. Dude, I'm at the I'm at the stadium and all of a sudden, um, you just get these dudes rolling out with their little green vest right in front of it, and it's like, you know, it's just is this not on both ends so transparent that it's about money no matter what? And it's just like people no, are finally catching it up. It is not. It is not. It's not transparent. They want to keep that the big secret. And it's like it seems like every time I go to a game, I'm a season ticket victim. And every time I go, it seems like military fucking appreciation day. And like no disrespect to the military. I appreciate y'all. I went down to the damn recruiter office. I, I backed out, you know, and but I'll be honest with you, like, for real, um, dude, we don't need to just pull some vets on the field and just have military appreciation make a whole thing about it because all you're doing is pushing the envelope here. And, uh, you know, people just got to keep their heads on straight. What is this really about? It's about injustices. I mean, if people haven't even just popped on that documentary 13th, and this is coming from a white kid who was bullied on a basketball court, like I would go down to the city and try to play ball and make the foul shot, get picked. Or get bullied and not fucking play. Like, I mean, that's just what happened. You know, but, like, it, it is what it is. You know, but, like, how about people putting on some documentaries and at least do the counter research? The, the problem is, is people don't want to research. They want to hop on a fucking team. Well, As, you know what yeah. I mean? Don't drag my sports love, into it, dude. Loved it. I love to. Re- I actually love to. Do, I love to hear other people's point of view. I love to hear. Uh, I'm like, hey, man, I don't agree with you, but, like, tell me where you're coming from, you know? Um, you know, a very, a very kind Punchark fan hit me up on... Uh, I don't know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, one of the usuals. And was like, hey, man, uh, I listen to every show, and I heard what you were saying about Trump and all this, and, you know, I live in Texas, and I'm a Republican, and I'm a conservative, and, like, I would like to actually give you my angle on this. You know, when you come at me in that kind of a way, I'm like, brother, please, yeah, hit me up. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Oh, hell yeah, and I've been on But when you're like, get out of my country, idiot, you can suck my dick. I'm like, bitch. Well, I, I don't even want to get in, engaged in a conversation with you because you're a closed-minded person that isn't willing to put issues on the table and be like, what the fuck's really going on here? And what's really going on here is Donald Trump, the NFL, is his ex-girlfriend that said, nope, you're not fucking good enough for me. The NFL literally told Donald Trump, and it's your team, bro, your squad. His dad and Donald Trump tried to buy the Buffalo Bills. And if they would have bought the Buffalo Bills, the USFL never would have happened. And then they didn't. So then they concocted this idea. Let's start this fucking league, the USFL. There's a whole documentary about this. The USFL, we're going to start this league. And then we are going to, a la the NBA and the ABA, we are going to dissolve because we cannot compete with them. We're going to sue them, the NFL, for a monopoly. And they are going to be forced to absorb four of our teams, one of which was owned by Donald Trump and his father. And that didn't happen. But in the lawsuit, they go, you know what? But you are right. They do have a monopoly. And the NFL owes you $2. And they gave him a $2 check. Now he's president of the United States, dude. This is his hot ex-girlfriend that was like, sorry, man. I just don't see it going this way. And then he worked his whole life and became the president. And now he's got a goddamn axe to grind. I, was, I guarantee you that's what's going on right now. Do you think, Do you think? Um, not to get all weird, but uh, I was texting with a friend, and he thinks there could be, uh, he thinks it's a smokescreen for something else. Uh, I mean, maybe a, a nuclear attack on North Korea. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I, I I'll really, I really it's, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it's just crazy because, man, I want to turn on sports, and it's like, um, you know, 
I'm so fortunate that people can podcast because if I had to listen to the radio stations that have to talk about quarterback all day, it changed my life. Podcasting changed my life. It changed my adult life. Me it too. My comedic life. It changed my comedic life. It you... gave me a career. Podcasting gave me a career. So I'm very grateful to. I'll always do any podcast. And I'm very grateful to uh, to anybody that listens to Punch Trunk or any other things that I do. I got, I'm starting a new podcast. I was telling you earlier. Uh, uh, which I believe will drop Halloween night. It's called 92.7 The Pod, and it is a fake morning radio show. Uh, Danish and O'Neill are going to be on it. Boone Shakalaka is going to be on it. Don Barris is going to be on it. Jeff Richards is going to be on it. Uh, Sam Tripley's on it. Ari Shafir's on it. Everybody's playing different characters. And, uh, you know, it's almost like a sketch show. It's an hour-long sketch show. And it's a, you know, I'm using this medium to, to uh, do the kind of comedy I want to do. And that's what's beautiful about this. I'm doing my friend Sarah Lehman, who's wonderfully funny, uh, uh, sketch comedian. And she and I have su- such a good rapport, so she kind of plays the Robin Quiver. So it's pretty much me and her the whole time. Um, and Johnny from Punch Drunk is producing it, of all the Punch Drunk fans. And so he'll have a part in there. And it's just going to be a fun way to, you know, fuck off. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. 92.7 The Pod It's going to start. Uh, there's a big cliffhanger at the end. I'm going to drop them all like a Netflix episode so you can binge listen to the whole season one. Uh, and uh, the teaser episode will come out Halloween night. Now, I heard you had um, some uh, comedy. Didn't you have some uh, comedy dates coming up? You always do some some good comedy dates. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Go. Wait, 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 wait. Keep going. We'll talk about something else. Let me find I'll find some good old ones because I got my notebook here. But, uh, yeah, I'll do some good dates out the gates for you, too. Uh, but uh, actually, if I could plug this too, when does this come out, bro? Dude, I load this shit ASAP. I am so lazy. Okay, so then, then everybody, uh, end of August, if anybody is listening to the or end of October, anybody listening to this, 27th, 28th, 29th, all that whole neck of the woods, 26th, from Thursday to Sunday is the All Things Comedy Festival uh, in Phoenix. There's about five different bars and clubs that are going to be hosting us. We're doing a live punch drunk on that Friday night. And uh, everybody's going to be there. Bill Bird's going to be there. Al Madrigal's going to be there. Ari Shafir is doing a Skepta Tank from there. Uh, Sam Tripoli is going to do a uh, Tinfoil Hat. We're doing a live Punch Drunk. All of us are doing like three or four gigs in that town. So literally the whole town is lit up with uh, all your fr- all your people from All Things Comedy um, killing it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So if anybody's listening to this, I would say come to that. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, wait, that's not a good one. I'm going to find a good date out the gate from a gang here. Um Okay, let's see. Um, oh, I'm trying to raise enough money, guys. Everybody, please listen to this because I need your help. I'm trying to raise enough money to start a comedy festival, speaking of comedy festivals, on the International Space Station. So, uh, And we're trying to bring 400 comics, so you're going to need a lot of money for that. Uh, I'm going to be on the sucking side of a glory hole at the La Brea Burger King. Uh, 8 p.m. all year. So every night, apparently, at 8 p.m., I'll be... Oh, and then I'm at Thirsty Turds. I'm at Bird Floozies. I'm at the Sticky Taint for their Dine and Dash night. <laughs> Hope people stick around for the comedy show. Um, and then I'm a night of a thousand bachelorette parties, which is a nightmare to comics if anybody's ever done stand-up. There ain't nothing worse than a bachelorette party or a birthday party full of girls. I don't know how the fuck you come up with this. I really know. Like, every time I hear it, like, dude, I'm not even kidding. Like, I was telling you earlier, like, I'm I, I'm a drywall finisher. I sand drywall by trade. And I was, like, on a plank and ladder the other fucking day, like, probably two weeks ago. 
and you went into like four. It sounds dig- like a sexual position, dude. You went into like four digressions talking about I don't know somebody's mother and something. I don't know what the hell you did, but I was literally like about to fall off the scene because my shit just started wobbling everywhere, and I'm just Hilarious, like, oh my god, bro. yeah, dude. It was don't die, dude. Don't die, dude. Don't die. No, I really sometimes, man. You know, it might be better off, but they all things. <laughs> they all things comedy festival. When you guys talked about, it, it's like, I mean, that's brought to you by. I love how that is. I mean, that's brought to you by real comedians who are like pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, like fuck everybody else. Why don't we do our own thing, right? Well, Let's let me tell you right. this. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how that that all thing that whole thing got going. You know, when podcasts got big, and then Joe Rogan and Death Squad and all that was going on. Yep. Well, all of us that were friends with Joe Rogan, luckily, and friends of Red Band, got really big numbers in podcast listening, and we were the only people that were really doing it. And we're all comics, and you know, we realized it was perfect for comedians. And all these networks popped up of all these suits and all these comedy clubs, and everybody wanted to start their own network. So we got to go to, you know, from Toad Hop Network to John Lovett's Comedy Club to all these different ones where we would go bing, bong, bing, bing. And they were just like, you can play with all of our toys. Um, but you know, we're going to use your numbers to bring in advertisers. Right. And then we had to do all these dumb ads, proflowers.com. So we'd be talking about eating butthole <laughs> and we got a producer giving us like the hand signal. We're like, Oh guys, mother's day is coming up. Uh, nothing says I love you, mom, like a nice bouquet of flowers from pro flowers. And we'd have to read this dumb fucking thing. And man, when I say our fans hated it and we knew podcasting was the future and we were like, we're going to go the other way. We're going to go sex toys cigarettes pot uh anybody that can't actually advertise but makes a lot of money now they can advertise on podcasts so we were doing like la speedweed and weed delivery services and and fleshlight and all these different things were like and we were making money off that shit and and every then the market kind of changed and they realized oh shit so al magical and bill burr had the foresight to go what we should do is start a co-op of all podcasts of all of our funny comedian friends and we all have equal ownership in it and we all agree on what advertisers we bring in that so you know people like bet dsi and and uh you know caveman coffee and if you ever listen to punch drunk and um you know seat geek and you know people like that um you know those are ones that punch drunk got and they we've got a wonderful working relationship with these advertisers but we have an online gambling site that gives you free money to gamble with. Yeah, I heard you about know, that. What What is that know, promotion, though, by the way? Because I actually wanted to do that, and I wanted to hear it again. Dude, so. go to see, see, go to All you got to do is go to BetDSI.com, use the code PUNCH25, PUNCH25, and that gives you, you know, set up your account. That gives you $25 free dollars to gamble with. And if you build that 25 bucks up to five grand, you're welcome, bro. T- t- tell me thanks. Buy me a beer when you see me next time. Dude, but, you're, you're talking about blackjack, man. Like, oh, figuring... yeah, you heard this week's episode. Yeah, yeah I, dude. I got a big blackjack obsession. I have a system that's 12 for 13. And the only time I lost with my system is I was there with my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, you just sit here. I'll tell you what to do. So I was like, we're both playing my system. Mm-hmm. But it was also my money. So I got down so quick because she got down and I got down. Like I can handle me getting down because I know I'll get back. But we both got down quick. I was like, fuck, I'm about to tap out. So, but uh, I didn't yeah, know about yeah. that 10 to 24 or that 10 to 25 dollar layover. Like that's fucking genius if you know the times. And yeah, I, that's, a gr- that's a great one. You man. Know, yeah. it, if you're ever sitting at, if you ever get to a blackjack table early, is what we're talking about. You get to a blackjack table. 
so let's say you're in Vegas or you're, you know, wherever you are uh, on a casino, a cruise or whatever the fuck. And you sit at a $10 table because uh, most tables during the day are 10 bucks. But around nine or 10 o'clock at night, they switch them to $25 because now everybody's been drinking and now the big gambling crowd comes in. So now they're making more money. You know, they'll entice you to gamble during the day or twilight, you know, like dusk um, to gamble, sit down and gamble because, well, hey, the table's only 10 bucks right now. Later on, they're 25. If you sit at that table at like six and now you're playing at $10, when they switch them out, if you are still sitting in the same seat all night long, when it's a $25 table, it's only a $10 table to you because you're grandfathered in. They put a little marker right by your thing. They don't want people to know that, but it's very true. It's all part of my system. Dude, we have these fucking butthole casinos. Like, uh, I did an event, like a little mm. draft show with uh, Batavia Downs. We got them out here. We got all, we got all that shit out here. But, but they don't and have, like, Chicago. they don't have, like, blackjack, though. They just have, like, slots and a fucking horse track. And I'm like, what is the no, difference? No, no. If, if you guys had you cards, it's like, oh, man. Dude, and that's like the best game, they say, right, for your odds and stuff like that. Like, is it something where yeah. you can guarantee it? If like, you, if you're, like, down in your luck, you could go down and fucking come out? If you play smart, like, okay, so it's basically like this. Like, if I had, let's say I had 500 bucks. Right. And I went to, and I've, te- when I say I tested, I mean, I would sit at the same seat for 16, 17 hours. I, I mean, I really know blackjack. I'm not talking out of my ass here. Um, when I would, um, so let's say I go to Vegas with 500 bucks and my room is paid for and I transfer. So I just, I have $500 to gamble with and that's it. You know what I mean? I'm going to Vegas for two days. That's about four hours away from us. I've made, I've made that drive actually, by the way, when I was, uh, LA to Vegas. Yeah. 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 Cause I have family in, uh, La Mirada, La Habra. Yeah, it's straight drive through the desert. Yeah, hours. dude. And 19 so, miles down Beach Boulevard to Huntington Beach is a fucking hour, no matter what. If I got 400, let's say I'm going Friday night and I'm coming back Sunday night and I have 500 bucks and I'm like, I am just going to fucking gamble this money. Uh, and I play 10 hours a day, so I play 20 hours of blackjack. I will come back with $840. And everything, that includes everything that my room my drinks my fucking food that's everything and i so i come back like so i basically made three hundred dollars to go to vegas that's 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 and drink and eat and you know so that's about you know if you play smart because everyone's trying to get rich quick but if you play smart like a real blackjack professional jack black blackjack player if you play smart uh Dude, you get to go to Vegas for free, stay there for free, eat for free, drink for free, smoke for free, hit on chicks for free, and then you come back plus 300. And that includes gas and everything. That ain't a bad goddamn weekend. But everybody goes there and goes crazy and doesn't play smart and tries to fucking get stupid. And what in life comes without work discipline and like building on something you know it's like if you're a flash in the pan i mean just look at the millionaire complex how many people have the lottery they don't know how to fucking manage your money because they don't well, realize I mean, you know it's i mean it, it happens i mean it's like you know you earn that that spot you're, you're crunching numbers the whole time you know it's like you you gotta have the patience and not everything's just going to come like right off the bat. You know, like I picked up hockey late in life and it's like a fucking struggle. Like really, really a struggle. There's always something to work on. And you know, like 
not everybody has it right out the gate. So it's like, how long did it take you to actually like hone it in? Like, when did you get like get hooked on it? On what? On playing blackjack. Oh, playing blackjack. Well, uh, I mean, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you, if you ever seen those cards or those sheets that are like, here's when you hit, here's when you don't hit. Yeah. I, uh, there's a book written about that. Or there's several books written about that, but really all that book does is explain why each one you do when you don't. I read that book. So I, you know, I, once I moved, I've been out here for 20 years. I'm from Chicago, but I've been out here for, so half my life in Chicago, half my life here. And, you know, going to Vegas, go to Vegas. It was enticing to go to Vegas. And I was, blackjack was just uh, the most social one for me. You're drinking. Everyone's on the same team. Poker, I'm playing against you. Blackjack, we're all playing against a dealer. So all eight of us are on the same team. We all want each other to win. You oh, know, we're okay. all giving each other advice and all this sort of shit. So that's what I liked about it, you know. And so I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to find the best way to get bet. So I read a blackjack book, which just explained why each one you don't do that. And then it's just math to me. Then it's just math to me. Then it's just, that's tens and aces. That's it. You're just counting tens now, and aces. Now, dumb question. Does blackjack work or they have like a whole, because I don't really gamble much. Does it have, like, I've done like uh, Texas Hold'em and then like blackjack. Honestly, I'm when I see the table prices, which you brought up a good point, which is if you go to a higher table, you deal with less bullshit. It's just like, man, I have a hard time that high. You know, I'm not ready to commit. So I've avoided it. Now, when you do blackjack, this could be the dumbest question ever. Is it just one deck or do they combine like however? X oh, amount there's they all do? different. There's, so one deck, you never want to play one deck. One deck is so dangerous. You do not want to play one deck. Um, really? Oh, do not play one deck blackjack. Uh, there are things called auto shuffles, which are these little things that they use. So they never take the cards out. So everybody plays, they scoop them all in, they put it in the thing, and it just keeps shuffling it. So you are constantly looking at five decks of cards, nothing is discarded. Okay, that's easy then, because then your then your variables no, are right down. It's, impo- it's impossible to count tens and aces because the whole all they're all in there. But there's a thing called a five deck shoe, which is more old school, and you still get those. A lot of people prefer them because real blackjack players prefer them because they are. Every card that's gone is gone now. It's gone. So I can sit there and count aces and tens. If it's a five deck shoe, I know there's twenty aces in there. Oh. If I've already seen if I've already seen seventeen aces gone and I need an ace, I'm less likely to bet. But if the if, if all five decks, it's really almost time for them to get a new whole fucking thing where they have to reshuffle. Like they're about to stop and then get new cards. I know there's still seven fucking aces in there because I've only seen fucking thirteen. Okay, I thought it worked like shoe in general. I didn't know that. Okay, okay, yeah. that's all I was saying. So that seems easier. Ways. Okay. Yeah, there's three different ways that, that you can play. And what you want, you don't want the auto shuffle. The auto shuffle, no cards are ever discarded, so they're all in there. So now it's really, it, you know, it skews to the house like 10%. That's really awkward. How did you become to transition this anyways? You're from Chicago. Um, I told you yes, I'm sir. a big Bulls fan. and Oh, uh, uh, I grew up. I tried to open Michael Jordan's car door once, his rookie year when he had a Corvette. Um, I'm a diehard Bulls fan. I, I, dude, I went to 20 games at Chicago, at, uh, at Chicago Stadium before the United Center was built. Really? Like old school one. Oh, yeah, dude. I grew up Bulls. Diehard Bulls. I was a Bulls fan before Jordan just because I lived in the Chicago area. What? Man, it, it's like... There's just something in sports. I don't want to be that homer about Jordan, but just like, 
man, the the All Star game was on. Like I was at uh, Dave and Buster's a few weeks ago, and like one of the old like '92 All Star game was on or something, or it might have been with like Shaquille. You know, yeah, that was Shaquille. after he came back. That was after he came back from baseball. Yep, yep. And dude, like that because I was born in '84. That's when like stats. I would sit there and count Jordan's stats. And I was so sad when he retired. I'm like, what the fuck's this dude doing? I, I would just count his points. And anytime Luke Longley touched a ball or Tony Kukoc, I'm like, get rid of that fucking thing, dude. Like, don't, like, what the, f- don't even think about fucking shooting it. You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. dude, you know, what, what, honestly, you know, I know it's a podcast about football and I did not expect to do this. I actually wanted to transition, like, how the hell did you become a Falcons fan? But I had one question for you. I got that story, but go ahead. Um, Dude, like, what what happened with the Bulls? Was it Jerry Buss or whatever, the GM or something that they didn't like? Or not Jerry Buss. Um, who the hell was the GM of the Bulls? Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf. Because it's Phil Jerry Jackson Reinsdorf. didn't want to come back, and it was like something stupid why they didn't play. Like, they didn't go again, well, right? Well, I mean, uh, you know, you see that a lot of times. There's a power struggle between Reinsdorf and, and Jackson and... I think Phil Jackson knew, you know, Pippen, you know, Joey. It's like, this is over. So I'm like, I'm going to ask for the moon. And if they don't give it to me, I'll take some time off and figure out what I want to do. And then he wound up with the Lakers. I mean, Reinsdorf and um, <clears throat> Phil Jackson never got along. And you see that a lot of times. You know, you get along great when you're winning. And and Phil Jackson did not want to rebuild. I mean, he knew he had one of the greatest teams in the history of sports. Why do you want to go through a rebuild when you're 70 and you got bad back and your knees are bad? And, and I can just go to fucking Hawaii and make out with fucking uh, Jerry Buss's daughter. Yeah, right. Good for him. I, dude, I, I don't may, get it, maybe, maybe, maybe concoct a way to get Shaq to the Lakers and uh, maybe I can coach the Lakers for a while while I'm spraying down his daughter. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget what a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> person Phil Jackson has always been you know what i think the the trick to phil jackson is is honestly like this will sound so like crazy um to some people is i think the fact that you hear stories about meditation and yada 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 like um i think he actually gets in those players head to you know manage them somehow to be a part of the team and well, he's t- just he's just a very centered person eddie grew up playing basketball Played in the pros, coached in the pros, was fucking uh, the assistant and the offensive, basically offensive coordinator of the Bulls when uh, uh, Collins was a coach. Doug Collins was a coach, and then Doug Collins got fired because they just couldn't get over the hump of the Pistons. And then Phil Jackson took over, and right when Phil Jackson took over, he had a fucking year for Michael Jordan, <laughs> and Scott and drafted Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. And now he's running the triangle, and no one even had seen that before. Oh, yeah. That so, triangle was you know, groundbreaking. It's very serendipitous, but, you know, he's a good, you know, he's a guy that grew up playing basketball, and he's a basketball mind. He knows basketball. But then he spent a lot of his life learning about, like, the human condition, and so it makes him very uh, conducive to talk to players because he knows how humans work, and he knows how basketball players think. So, yeah, man, the guy, uh, you know, he carved out a nice little life for himself. Which, once again, I can't stress this enough, concluded with him spraying down <laughs> Jerry Buss's daughter in Hawaii and then becoming the coach of the Lakers and winning fucking 1,100 more rings. So good for him. Dude, I He's just... got more rings than he has fucking uh, appendages or fingers and toes. He's got rings on his toes, for the love of Christ. 
I just get pissed when it's like, how many times did Michael Jordan come back? And I'm like, dude, like this ain't this ain't fucking cool, man. Let's and be I, like, nobody, I tried to get nobody remembered. Nobody remembers the Wizards days. I mean, let's forget about that. that it, it's just like, dude, man, basketball is a different game. Like, I, I, I mean, I've been playing hockey for a couple of years at, at 33, and it's like I love it because I thought like life was over. I tried picking up golf. And like hockey's a lot like golf. Oh, or, golf's the best, bro. You gotta start playing golf, dude. Yo, the you know best. what the you know what the fucking problem is with golf? It's the best sport. It's the best sport because you know why? You get out in nature, you get away from every everybody and everything for like five hours. So for five hours, your phone's off. You're just out in nature, which none of us in this world get out in nature enough. So if golf has to be your excuse, then go out, play golf. You can. It's the only sport where drinking and pot helps you. And you get to see like hawks and deer and moose and fucking squirrels. And you're just like, man, I never, every time I golf, I'm like, man, I never get out in nature enough. Dude, I'll be real with you, man. Um, so in my defense, uh, when I did golf three, four times a week, I would go by myself. And my experience was like construction worker guy, like my time is fucking money. And I would golf and I get behind these old people I'm, like, trying to fit nine in, like, 90 minutes. Like, I don't fucking play. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get out. Of, I, I've walked an 18-hole course, I swear to God, in, like, two and a half Doesn't to matter two hours. Doesn't matter if you don't play, man. I, I'm just saying, man. Gold medal. Everybody wants a trophy. Get out and fucking swing a golf club and smoke a joint and fucking be like, dude, this is fucking rad. Yeah, but see, I was. I in a cubicle too much. I was straight edge at the time, so I didn't even touch weed until literally the last few years. So it's like now it's a different now it's a different thing though, because I kinda do like the nature more and I think I'm more into a relaxed lifestyle. But it's like hockey it's kinda like the same thing. You got your short game to work on for golf, you got your skating you gotta work on for hockey, and there's no old people, man. The old people hold you up and you're spending like twenty five dollars. Do you yeah, walk do you I walk mean, or do you walk or drive? Depends, of course. Uh, I did. I'm. I. I. It's. I, I'm a cart guy. I lose my ball with the cart. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't actually. You should lose it the other way more so. I just take it, dude. I just take a beeline. Oh, you sound robotic again. What oh man, doing? what the fuck? How's that? Nah, but not good. Oh Jesus, is that better? Oh, dude, it could be that my is, headphone yeah, and dive that, before you. That is. That's better. That's better. Whatever you just do with it. All right, dude. So, real quick, how the hell did you get into the Falcons? And um, can you roll into the Super Bowl thoughts? Like, like at least touch on that. I know I don't want to cause you pain, but like, well, I saw I got into the Falcons. Uh, uh, born and raised Chicago area, big Bulls fan, big humongous Cubs fan. Uh, by the way, uh, got the W today. Go Cubs, go! Uh, won the Central, so proud of the Cubs today. Um, literally wearing Cubs World Series shirt, Cubs World Series hat right now because I watched a Cubs game today. Nice. Um, so, <clears throat> big Chicago sports fan. I'm a Bears sympathizer, which means they're not my favorite team in the NFL. But the Falcons are done. I know if the Bears are winning or doing well, everybody that I care about in my life from back home is so stoked, and that's such a great sports town. So if if it can't be the you know Falcons, I'm liking the Cubs. I'm liking the uh, Bears, but. <clears throat> Um, back in the day, early eighties, that's when everybody had football cards. There was no ESPN and nothing like that. Like you would get your info on football cards. We would always be trading football cards and shit. And my uncle lived in Atlanta. My great uncle lived in Atlanta and he would always come up every year with his motor home, which was always rad. And, uh, dude, he brought me a Falcons hat and a Falcons Jersey when I was like 10. 
And I was like, oh, I guess he's my. this is my favorite team. So then we would be playing football in the street and shit. I would always wear my Falcon jersey when I was 10. So then all my friends started giving me all their Falcon cards. Oh. So I established like this humongous collection of Falcon cards. And then I started just liking the Falcons. And then Madden came out and I would always use the Falcons and all my friends wanted to be the Bears or the Colts. And I, they, no one would ever fight with me to be the Falcons. So I learned players through Madden. And then Deion Sanders came into my life. Oh, my God. What, what? And I was done, bro. 1989, I was, dude, I'm fucking 17 to 16 years old. 1989. So you're playing Tacmo and all that shit. Tecmo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Tecmo, yep. Tecmo to Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis to PlayStation. PlayStation all the way through. I went Nintendo and then um, Super Nintendo, and I did like the Tecmo Super Bowl stuff. Well, Tecmo... Tecmo on Nintendo, of course. I meant right. Tecmo on Nintendo. Well, I did, I did Super <laughs> Nintendo. I didn't go the Sega route. And then everything just switched over to Madden, so I learned to love Madden. But, I mean, dude, that's, like, the way I learned how football works. And it's, like, you know, it, it, it's crazy, man. Like Me, too. There's even, a part of me that thinks I got my Redzo job from Madden. Because you, I learned so much about football and formations. And the, the more that game evolved, the more I learned about football, the more I saw it. And then, like, when I got my job at Red Zone 14 years ago, I, dude, I was so knowledgeable about football. And I never fucking – I've never played organized football in my life. Same here. I'm, my I'm, friends laugh at me, man. My friend runs this website, CoverOne.net, <coughs> and it's, like, the best analytics ever, dude. Like, this dude goes hard, right? His name is Eric Turner. Like, if you checked out a site, Jay, you'd be, like, fucking stoked. You'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, this dude does it. His name's Eric Turner. And I'm telling you – like, he laughs at me all the time. I go, dude, man, I would love to do, like, YouTube videos of, like, money Madden plays and why they work. Like, there's a gap. I want to do that. You know what I mean? Because it would be fucking rad. And, like, like dude, I, I go through the skills trainer. I'm like, oh, there's the hole. Have you played it lately? There's the holes in the cover, too. Oh, there's the holes in the cover, too. Like, dude, this, my girlfriend, I put her through the skills trainer. She's never played man in her life. I took her to the game. She doesn't know how football works. And I kid you not. She has no attachment to players. She read the defense right off the fucking bat, ball out on the third step. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I get attached like, oh, I'm going to hold on because I stay loyal to my fucking team. I'll go online. I'll get my ass kicked because I'll use whatever Bill's team it is. And it's like if they decide that Tyrod Taylor can't all of a sudden throw the deep ball, even though he's one of the best ones in the league, I guess that's how man is rating him. And it's an incomplete fucking pass. You know what I mean? Like, you saw robotic, saw robotic. Oh, man. How's that? Keep going. You there? No. No? Still bad. All right. How's that? Talk again. I'm back. It might be my freaking Wi-Fi or something. Um, How's that sound? Great. Really? Yeah, it really does. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude. So, so essentially, Madden is, you know, I I laugh. People laugh when I think that coaches should all play Madden. If they're not playing Madden, they're doing something wrong, because, you know, people well, think, one thing. Two things. Two things. One, you sound robotic again. And two, all players play Madden. All NFL players play Madden. All of them it is a goal for them to find out what their batting rating is. It is a goal for them to light it up. It is a you know. I mean, it's now there's YouTube videos that go viral of 
rookies finding out what their Madden rating is. You know, it's right. so it's 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 that it's become that much part of the culture of the NFL is one single video game because it's lasted for 21 years. Madden is like the Simpsons of video games. Simpsons is the longest running TV show in the history of television. Am I a robot? <clears throat> yes, you are, sir. Oh, you, you know what, dude? I was probably just spiking. Is that better? Nope. Oh man, like how robot? How robot is robot? Pretty robot, dude. Dude, how am I not hearing this through my headphones? This is like crazy. Hey, let me pause this. See if I hear it back. All right, so we're back. Um, so Jason, you're a Falcons fan, and uh, or should I call you the T? But what do you like to be called? Everybody calls me something different. Um, I don't want to be rude. But oh, you're not being rude at all, man. Call me whatever you want. I get Jason a lot. I get Tebow a lot. I get Teeb a lot. I get the Teeb a lot. I get Teebs a lot. I don't know where that one came from. And then I have two friends that call me Jay. So call me whatever you want, buddy. You you that that's a you pick 'em, my friend. Some people are really sensitive. You know what I mean? Uh, not the T, buddy. Okay. So, now, we both hate the Patriots. We don't have to dive into it. I don't want to cause you too much pain. But, uh, you know, I feel like the Patriots are the luckiest fucking team ever. And I think that the Bills, to sympathize with them, it's they kind of have a crapshoot being in that division with them. Because um, it seems like they get away with murder. Maybe I'm too much into Spygate or not. But there's a lot of stuff that you kind of find out comes out later on. It's a little creepy. And even I think the stadium design for Gillette Stadium is creepy. And it's just like where there's smoke, there's fire, man. You know, and uh, it's like, I, I don't know. What, what's what's your thoughts on that team in general? You don't have to talk Super Bowl or anything if you don't want to. But like, good talking to you, buddy. Have a good podcast, man. Oh, uh, man. Everybody, thanks for listening. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I actually do not like to talk about that game too much. But I will talk about... Um, Ah, God, it's a real, I just, you know, well, let's go this way. Remember mm, August 19th? Remember August 25th? Like the week before the NFL started? Remember September 2nd? Will the Patriots be 19-0? Will the Patriots go undefeated? Will they ever lose another game in the history of time? They got smoked by Kansas City at home. While they got their rings, they're overrated. They're, I mean, they're overrated. They got a good system. They definitely have cheated. We've proved that several times. They have a system of cheating set up. I mean, like you said, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, where there's smoke three times, there's a fire problem. <clears throat> yeah, um, and not for nothing. I mean, you you look at you look at things where. Did you notice that they were 0-1 and they were still in the top eight in power rankings? Did you notice that they were 1-1 and and they were top four in power rankings? How painful is it to were, be a part of the media and you were, know they're not that good? They were, did you notice they were 2-1, had a comeback win where they should have been up the whole time, and now they're top three in the power rankings? You mark my words. The Patriots get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Mark those words. That's what happens. The Patriots' destiny is getting beat in the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to get beat at home in the first round of the playoffs. Whatever. I'm not saying by who yet. Or or the Patriots go to Kansas City and get their butt fucked again. 
Whatever you do, don't do a bag of bets on that, and don't do a bag of bets of that triple decker, because, like, dude, I was going to fucking puke in my car. Oh, my God, the triple decker. Is, dude, uh, that can't. Like, that's, that's like, that's, inhumane, that's, that's, man. That's, 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 talking about the Three Mile Island iced tea? Yeah. If you want to explain oh what that God. is. Well, <clears throat> Fight Nanny, uh, she's the female on our show. Um, uh, great, 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 great person. And <clears throat> she had heard about Ari was had explosive diarrhea because he had food poisoning. So he had diarrhea and then he just put his face in his own diarrhea and then threw up on top of it <laughs> and then sat back down and then diarrhea again on top of the puke that was on top of diarrhea. So she was so grossed out about it that we were just making jokes and we're like, dude, what if we throw like a bike, I don't know, like, you know, 20 ice cubes in there and then we take like a, you know, like a, a, a big ass, like wooden spoon, stir it all up really good, stick one of them big curly straws in there and you got to take like a 12 ounce sip of it. <laughs> dude, that's, I mean, <clears throat> Ari, oh Ari's God. asshole just got bleached, right? <laughs> I mean, um, <clears throat> almost made me throw up right there. I started gagging right there thinking about that. It's like, I don't know. It, it's it's not right. I really hope it doesn't make it. It's just. So let's talk a little Bill's uh, Falcons. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what is my new thing that I just thought about today when I was thinking about this podcast and doing it. Every single team that comes to Atlanta, eight, eight, eight games, eight home games. Yep. Is going to be dazzled by our new stadium. You are not going to believe this new stadium. And I think in a weird way, that's an advantage for the Falcons because this is our stadium. We've been practicing in it. We're used to it. But you come in here, you're looking around, you're looking up, you're like, wow, this is all blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, we're, 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 we're focused on the game. You guys are looking at this jumbotron. You guys are looking at, all, you know, you guys are star-studded by a stadium. And I think that's a fucking really interesting advantage that we just found. You know, um, I will say, I think the team is pretty, quote-unquote, well-disciplined because Sean McDermott is, like, the perfect spokesperson where he is Bel Bill Belichick-esque, but he has a pulse as far as, you like... Guys lose, you, huh? guys lose by t you guys lose by 10 or not, yes or no. That's my prediction, Falcons by 10. And I'm not talking shit. I'm not trying to be a dickhead. What's the spread on it? Because those guys are actually eight. pretty smart. Spreads eight. Spreads eight. Spreads eight. Can I ask you a couple pointed questions first? Of and then, and then go back Absolutely. to it? Okay. So you've seen Sean McDermott's defense over and over and over again. And the first thing I thought when Sean McDermott came to Buffalo is, what the fuck are you going to do with speed? And Because Luke Keekley is a monster. And not for nothing... I watched Leslie Frazier's defense because uh, I'm also a Vikings fan growing up too with my father. So it's like I got into Frazier, and I think he's a good coach. And, uh, you know, just it's like I, I'm i trying to draw parallels to what the Bills had for linebackers, and I wasn't sure. And next thing you know, this Bills defense is coming together minus of Marcel Darius. And, uh, uh, can, I, can, I, can I pause you there? Yeah. Your secondary is all new. Still figuring it out, and you have one of the best passing offenses on the road. You're coming to Atlanta's new stadium, and this new secondary is just gonna get dazzled. I know. I'm worried about game. that, but they're and but it's dude. not about. We know your linebackers good. We know you're gonna be sending those guys humming. We know that's what. But 
Matt Ryan is so good at that, like, hike, bam, and the ball's out of his hands, and it's his crossing route with Julio Jones, and some rookie's just going to be, like, asking him for his autograph while he tries to tackle him 19 yards later. I'll, I'll be real with you. Um, so the Bills <clears throat> played the Carolina Panthers, okay? And the Ben don't break defense, like, I, and that's cool and all. But one thing everybody hates, and unfortunately in that game, it got cleaned up game, you know, the last game, got really cleaned up against the Broncos. But the bend don't break problem is you're taking seven minutes off the clock on a drive, and you're not even getting through sixteen. You're getting through sixteen plays in the first half as an offense. But you're also, but you're also keeping your defense on the field all the time. Right, and the big thing is too, is and I'm worried about this with Matt Ryan. That's how the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. You know how the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, and this is all I'll say about this. This is all I'll say because I fucking hate talking about it. I fucking hate talking about it. Here's how we lost the Super Bowl. We had a young defense last year. Right. Uh, six starters were second year or rookie. They were on the field for 16 plays while the fucking Patriots tied the game. And then we lost the coin toss. And that exact same young defense had to put their helmets back on and go, oh, fuck, we're about to lose the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what I mean to say about the bend and don't break is, man, you got a defense that just has so many snaps when you get to week 10. Uh, And then it's just a break. Then it's just a break defense. Week 12 on, it's a break because all your linebackers are gone. Your whole rookie secondary and your whole new secondary, two of them are gone. It's like, I I don't think you could put – the Ben and here's my problem with the Ben don't break defense is you put so much tread on those tires and it's such a long season. They got to get the bills. If the bill, the, the bills key to success on the bills end, and I know this is such an overrated point, but the, there was no turnovers in the Carolina Panthers bills game. Okay. And that secondary is young. And the big problem is, is they were turning, they were, you know, you got all new pieces, right? At the same time, they're fitting the system really well, and the secondary is actually for the Bills way ahead of the game, more than you would than than I thought than we all thought of. Were. Jordan Poyer from the Browns, you know, hurt last year, went on IR. He comes over to Bills. Him and Micah Hyde happen to know each other through uh, mutual friends or something, and I guess they're tight or whatever. And you know, they're doing all this work, etc. And it's actually showing up on the field. I'm seeing a lot less miscommunication. Saw Trey White, the rookie, he's showing up like he's coming at. He's watch that kid, number twenty-seven. He is a fucking missile, dude. Like this me, team me, is a sure tackling team, but the problem I see is on third and long. At least at the Carolina Panthers game, when you it, it could happen with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan all day, they convert. You know because they throw underneath the zones and they get the yak yards. If they, you know, and they miss more tackles against the Panthers. Well, than we're usual. great at yak. I mean, we exactly. Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, fucking, and Austin Hooper. We saw what he did to the Bears. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, Julio Jones were great at yak. But let, let me make this point to you. And this is my point to anybody gambling. And if you want to use BetDSI, use the code PUNCH25. And that's 25 bucks to gamble with. And here's why I like Atlanta in this game. Look at three, year, three, three years ago. We hired Dan Quinn 
who built Seattle's defense. And we like, we want to be a defensive team. We already have the dopest offense. Right. But we are so sick of losing 38 to 45. We've got this young offense built, but we need someone to build our defense. And that's who we hired. So we're like, okay, our offense is locked in. Julio's got a contract. Matt Ryan's got a contract. We got Muhammad Sanu's locked in. Taylor Gabriel. Everyone's locked in. And our offensive line's locked in. Right? So look at our division, bro. Look at our division. And look at the NFC. If we're going to get to the Super Bowl, who do we have to be? Uh, Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at our division. Jameis Winston. Cam Newton. Our defense is built to stop scrambling quarterbacks that make improvisational plays happen. Who's coming to town? Buffalo. And the best thing that you guys have going on your offense, other than Shady McCoy, is Taylor's fucking scrambling ability and uh, his ability to extend plays. Our defense is built in the last three years to stop quarterbacks like you. We just don't have to fuck with Tyra Taylor uh, too much. Well, the rest of these bozos, we got to see them in the playoffs and twice a fucking year. Our defense is built to stop what you guys are building. Yeah, and that, that's and that, why I think we win by ten. And not for nothing, uh, to transition with it, the Bills' offensive line is in shambles. And uh, the long story short of it, to me, is they, you know, you, you you do something really good, which is power football, and pretty much fuck up the dude straight ahead of you. And now you're moving laterally in a zone defense, and if somebody penetrates it, that penetrates that zone or zone offense. If somebody penetrates it, the the way the flow is of that zone for the offensive line, like, I mean, dude, it's over. You know how I beat the Bills? You know how I beat the Bills? If I'm a defense coordinator, you know how I beat the Bills? Eight in the box all day long. Yep. Best receiver, best DB on Matthews. Matthews is just, uh, uh, he's literally going to get Mark, you know, Trufant is going to be on Matthews all night long. We're going to put eight in the box. And we are going to stop McCoy, and we are going to stop Taylor. And that's what you do with eight in the box. Now, look. And so, uh, I mean, in theory, watch the Bills win 43-6. No, 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 I agree, because I'm in the stadium last game, and I'm, like, fucking pissing my pants because first down, they're running the ball every single uh, do time. Do you go to every game, bro? Do you go to every game? No, 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 Just, just the home ones. But, well, I mean, yeah, you go to like, you go to five or six home games a year, though. I go to I I go to all of them because I spend the money on it. So oh, I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a season ticket victim, and um, you know, it, it's like, I honestly totally fucking lost the hell we were talking about, dude. Now, as a season ticket holder, do you develop a rapport? with the people that are around you because they're also season ticket holders. So, you know, like, Oh, Larry and his wife are here and fucking, Hey, what's up with your daughter? Whatever the fuck. You know yeah, what I mean? dude. I, I develop a rapport. The kid that sits to the left of me, him and his dad. Um, we're like, like the one kid I've had on the podcast, he's like 24, his name's Scott Cam. We're be 25 now. And his dad's cool as hell. And, uh, his kid actually went to school here at St. John Fisher, where, which is where the pills that camp got a job here. So we became buddies. And, uh, the guy behind me, he has this uh, him this one dude he plays guitar, and he would bring his son, and uh, you know you kind of know yeah exactly dude like you know people you get to That's know cool. everybody it, it, it's really neat but dude the problem is is like 
when I was a kid, I was so broke. I looked at like season tickets, like, oh my god, dude! Like I looked at a stadium, like you look at fucking Disneyland. You know what I mean? And I'm in Rochester. I'm an hour away from Buffalo. We had no pro sports teams. I'm like, what do I care about fucking AAA baseball and fucking the Amherst? You know, like it ain't the Sabers. It ain't. You know, it ain't, it ain't major league. I want. I, I grew up watching fucking Jordan, and, and my favorite team was the Orioles. Like, I could have picked. Could I pick fucking worse teams besides the Orioles and the fucking Bills when it comes to losing? You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, dude, I'm a Falcons fan. I mean, we've been good for fucking a year and a half. I'm talking about. Yeah, my so whole life I've been getting shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get okay. Now I remember. So and look, a Cubs fan and a Cubs fan. Cubs have one good year. Dude, my entire forty-five years being alive. You guys finally did it, and I agree with you that Try the Dodgers. The, forty-five years. You don't think for forty fucking years I didn't hear how much the Cubs suck? Every time the Sox won a World, White Sox won a World Series. Every time Cardinals or anybody else. I mean, bro, I've been getting my balls busted forever. I just right now I just happen to be. Took me forty fucking forty years to get on a winning streak with a, a few teams that I'm a fan of. That's why I take the Patriots cheating so personal because like people's lives get flipped upside down with NFL jobs, and you have fifty three guys not just on the roster, but obviously practice squad plus. You know, you have more guys, and you have all these coaching scouting staffs, and you're in a division with a bunch of fucking cheaters, and you're working your ass off not to be a fucking loser, and you're taking heat from radio stations and everything, low-hanging fruit to pay for ads or do whatever the hell you got to do, and it makes it harder on these sports teams to be like, man, I really want to go out for these fans. When people go, man, the Bills fans are the best fans in the world, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Like, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe not, but, like... You know, you're going to have your Philly fans. You're going to have your asshole fans. You're going to have whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like you just hope that you get through this shit and you can appreciate that fucking championship, you know? Oh, of course. I mean, the, the, I will never for the rest of my life forget Cubs winning the World Series. I was in Chicago. It was the best night. Literally was the best night of my life. I heard that story on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was the best night of my life. It really was. And you can hear that story on my album coming out. Uh, Return of the Red State, ladies and gentlemen. Return of the Red State coming out in for <clears throat> about a month. It's coming out, and um, yeah, that you can hear you can hear uh, that story. It literally was like a month after that, a month after the Cubs won the World Series, it was when I recorded my album. Dude, it's so good to hear you like recording stuff and getting it out, you know? Because I, I think, man, when I was in a pop truck, I'm like, who's this fucking guy? And then it's like, holy shit! Like I'm f- like. You just—I don't know what—I don't know. What, you're just you, so it's like I don't know, man. It fucking. It, hey, man, that's it, all you can be, buddy. That's all you can be, man. It puts it's your me responsibility. In, it puts me in ri- risky business. Okay, so real quick, I think the Bills—they're offensively. Um, I think they're really predictable, as in like, you know, Rick Dennison's never allegedly called games until now. So, um, offensive coordinator of the Bills. So, what I'm getting at is the Bills are great on play action, and we finally saw. You know, Jordan Matthews isn't really the biggest target that you got to look out for. It's really Charles oh, Clay. Hey, real Charles quick, Clay. real quick. I hear what you're saying. Oh, Charles Clay is great. I would like to talk about Play Charles action, but Shady's not type. doing anything with that <clears throat> offensive line right now. You know who else is good at play action? Uh, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Panthers. The exact same teams our defense is built to fucking fight. That's my point. You guys are great at play action, of course, because you have a scrambling quarterback and a great running back that you have to respect. Right. And when you build a defense around that because you're the entire NFC 
is that. And my entire division is that. That's why I think the Bills are in trouble. I'll be honest with you, too. Um, you know, Brandon Bean, our new general manager, they look like geniuses right now getting something for Sammy Watkins, or I should say in August, getting something for Sammy Watkins, but not for nothing. Sammy Watkins on the field, I've seen it time and time again. The best part about being in the stadium is uh, if you sit in the 300s or at least the 200s, which are way too much money, but the threes, closer to railing, you get to see that Madden flow. Like You get to see the whole play, and you get to see the safety roll towards Watkins and open that up for whatever fucking running back is there. And with the Bills well, offense, I'll tell you of, what, uh, what's that? Watkins fits in perfectly to the Rams offense. Watkins fits in. It's the literally that worked out good for you guys because you can build to the future. And it worked out for the Rams because they are under pressure to make golf look good. I'm shocked. They did all that. And you know what? Sometimes he looks man, good he looked good there, man. Dude, it's I'm telling you, man, it's coaching. Like, how the fuck did Jeff Fisher keep getting a job? Like, really? How did Jeff Fisher? It, it like it boggles my mind. Like, how the hell? Well, does, Jeff Fisher is at your Jeff Fish. You know, like he's you know, so, so stocked, like, dude. But dude, we're the same generation. So Jeff Fisher is <clears throat> Jeff Fisher is um, starter jackets. Our father's coach. Our fathers. So, you know, when Jeff Fisher died at the Rams, you watched the dinosaur walk into a tar pit and become extinct, too. You know, he's an old school generation coach, and that doesn't work anymore. And um, and that's okay. But he's gone. And he'll never be a head coach again. What do you think about what do you think happened with Vince Young? Because I kind of piece something together through hearing some shit on the radio and a former player mentioned that, like, a quarterback they didn't want to out on the radio who happened to be, like, a first-round pick that came to the Bills while he was playing. And this dude only played for three years um, on the Bills, and then he got uh, some kind of, like, a medical injury. I don't want to out him. Um, but, like, essentially it added up to Vince Young. And I, I, dude saying, like, he would come into practice, like, not even know the fucking playbook. So, like, I will give Fisher that, but, like, I don't. I, I. I just think he's like a lame duck. I. I. Wait. What do you mean you're gonna give him an extension? You know you're. I mean, if, the, if, if Vince Young isn't prepared, if Vince Young, he. By the way, he was also suicidal in the car at one point in time. Um. You know, there's a lot of things we don't know what's going on with that. You know, if Vince Young wasn't coming there prepared for work. Then you got to go. And the other thing is, like, he also runs a kind of offense that. Um, you know, I mean. What happened to RG3? Why isn't it? Because you got to change your entire offense to fit the quarterback. Instead of we got these great receivers, we got these great running back, we got a great fullback, we got a great, you know, whatever. And like, I mean, let, uh, let me let me put into you in terms you understand where the bills. So you guys paid a lot of money for Patrick DeMarco, who was a fa- one of my favorite Falcons. Yeah, what's your thoughts on him, by Pro the way? Bowl Pro, oh my God, I love him. I was devastated when he left. Pro Bowl fullback blocker can do everything out of the backfield, but he picks up blitzes. He blocks for your running back. He does. So if you have someone like Shady McCoy, and you're like, let's get this guy, and you got a young quarterback, let's get this guy because he all he does is open up holes for a running back and protect the quarterback. And that's how you make a Pro Bowl. And so let's say you spend all this money on a guy like that. 
And then you go, well, our quarterback just went down, so we got to pick up this guy that's going to scramble and run and do all this RG3. It's like, man, I mean, we got all this money invested in running a pro-style offense, and now we're just going to throw $8 million to a quarterback that's just going to run and fuck up the whole system. Uh, you know, Rick Dennison. Johnny off- Manziel, same thing. And I'm not talking about alcohol. Johnny Manziel, same thing, though. You know, man, you got to run this offense. This ain't about you just making a whip, 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 whip plays with your feet because we've invested all this money in receivers, tight ends, blocking fullbacks, protection blocking fullbacks to run a pro style offense. So if we bring this quarterback in, we are now throwing good money after bad money because we've invested in a season of running a pro style offense and now we're running globetrotter shit. Are you are you confident in your team's pass rush? You're like pretty fucking confident that they can blow shit up because the Bills' offensive Very. line and flux from a mainly power scheme Very. to a Very, zone. But, but we got Vic, we got Vic Beasley's out this week, right? And by the way, he led the NFL in sacks last year, so our number one pass rusher is gone. So it's like Von Miller being gone. Our line's uh, just not gelling, man. I'm still very confident. I'm confident. The, the Bills, the Bills line is not. It's it's a shambles. You just watch these plays, and, and, and it's like, thank God we have Tyrod Taylor because over here, the, the quarterback on the bench is the next best thing. And and a lot of fans, they have a tendency when they watch Bills games not to be so objective because we get so emotional as a fan. And it's like when you pop on like Sunday Night Football and you don't give a fuck about the teams, you're not really worried about how many targets Sammy Watkins has. You're not really worried about the stupid shit. You're worried about like, I okay, four, how did I, they lose? I, I think four sacks, four sacks. Uh, 31-17 Falcons. 31-17 Falcons, four sacks. Hmm. I think the Bills will sack you guys five times. I know it sounds like a lot. That is a lot. Okay, okay. Because they got Cam Newton. Now, I know it's Cam Newton. He's not as smart as Matt Ryan. Because Matt Ryan... Does Matt Ryan get sacked? Uh, yeah, once or twice a game. Because this What's Bills pass it? rush, dude. Uh, but I mean, a lot of his sacks are like him just like, I'm not going to throw the ball away. I'm just going to take a sack, and then it'll be second and 13 instead of whatever. You know what I mean? He, he, he's smart with the ball. He knows I'm going to get sacked anyway. Why do I got to try to make something happen and maybe force a turnover? Now, how I mean, have you faced against McDermott defenses in the past? So, like, Carolina, essentially. How did you guys typically... I mean, it depends on the years, you know. I mean, there was the years when Carolina went to the Super Bowl and they were better than us, and you know, I mean, that's just a that's a weird question because it's like because they run like a they, they run a they run a, a cover. That's a personnel, but that's personnel. That's personnel. Well, what about schematically? I mean, they run a primarily, I believe, a cover three, right? So it's like I think Tom yeah, Brady's like going to McDermott. McDermott last time when McDermott was with uh, Carolina, a few of those years, it was Mike Smith's team. And we weren't a defensive team at all. And, you know, it's a, so right. schematically, like, I mean, I don't know if we faced a, a McDermott team with, uh, I mean, I mean, Sarkeesian is our first year offense coordinator. So technically, we've never faced a McDermott uh, defense with a Sarkeesian offense. So it's, you know, personnel, yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, we're running a different offense than we were last time we faced him. So. No, as good, good well point. as everybody in the NFL, as well as everybody in the NFL. So, you know, it's almost like we'll see Sunday. It's almost like that kind of thing, you know. 
I think um honestly I think the Bills can be be shut down if if you can penetrate the line, which I don't think is a tall task because you got a lot of weight spending going on and you know it's going to take some time for the offense to gel and people are just knowing okay. Take out LaShawn McCoy, and what do you got? You're going to have to do do the other thing. And, and Tyrod's MO has been he can't throw over the middle. I always defended it being like, no, no, no. Oh, he can throw over the middle all the yeah, time. Dude, I, I, same. Dude, Clay is killing it over the middle. Clay is a very underrated tight end. If you're in a deep league or if you need a backup tight end, Clay is a wonderful one because you know what? Those scrambling quarterbacks always love that tight end. Because who's the guy that's getting open over the middle of the field? It's the tight end. It's a safety Every bell. broken play is a goddamn tight end. Mm-hmm. Every Because DBs and safeties are so worried about the receivers. And you know whose job it is to cover a tight end? A linebacker. And you know who gets tired after running around on a broken play and forgets who he's supposed to guard because he's looking his, his eyes are focused on the quarterback? The linebacker. So it's always a tight end that's open. If you got a scrambling receiver, those tight ends are good. Look at Vernon Davis during the Kaepernick years. Yeah, I can't. I can't look, disagree. Look at, I, look at look at look at Reed with the fucking RG three years. What about your division, Greg Olson? You know, I, I mean, look at Greg. Greg Olson has made a career with Cam Newton, mm-hmm. and, and and that guy was even. There's three a reason. Years there's ago, a reason though. Tampa Bay's number one pick was the best tight end in football. OJ Howard. There's a reason Tampa Bay took OJ Howard with the 13th pick overall. Football. Because we have a scrambling quarterback, and that tight end runs receiver routes. Fo- football is all about the mismatches more than any other sport, and, and the reason I love it's it, chess. It, it, it's it, 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 dude, it's it's, it's it's chess three dimensional, three dimensional. Like it's there's so many layers, philosophies, egos, and and dumb shit that Football, gets in the way. NFL NFL is chess meets the UFC, in my opinion. My friends think it's WWE, and after watching the refs, it seems like they don't really fucking care to get it right. And I, I no, that's not true. That's not true. The WWE is way more real than the NFL. Honestly, think about it. You have your heroes. You have your villains. You know, it, it, it's really ridiculous. And man, I so anyways about this game because uh, refs all just rail forever. You guys already do it, and it just. I can't stand seeing fat guys. I can't stand that, like, we have great technology and we all see it, but you assholes can't even look up at the fucking Jumbotron at conference and be like, no, they're getting there. They're getting there. Why does it take so long, dude? Look, five years ago, we didn't even have an option to replay it. We just had to take the loss. Yeah, but it shouldn't be on the coaches. They're getting there. You know what I mean? They're getting there. So, what's your, what is like, is is there is there a way you see the Bills losing this game? Because you you have this, I believe, on your podcast as like a like a bet it bet pretty much, right? Like you would bet on this that the Falcons would win. Uh, or did I put that in your spread, monsters now? Spread is eight. Spread is eight. Spread is eight. I think the Falcons will cover. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, there's several ways I see us losing this. I mean, Julio Jones' back is banged up. I mean, crazy turnovers. I mean, the NFL. It's crazy. I mean, you know. Everything I say is always wrong. If I was right every time, I'd be a gazillionaire. First so four weeks are There's a million are a things that could happen. There's a million things that could happen. But if you ask me with my intel and what I know, uh, yeah, I think Falcons win, uh, you know, 31-17 or something like that, 27-20. Fal- uh, Falcons will cover the spread. I think if you guys can can hold on. 28-14. 28-14. 31-17. 31-17. Like 31-17 is what I think. 
I don't see the Bills winning this. Like, I, I can't hodgepodge something together. I could see the Bills winning against Trevor Simeon because it's Trevor Simeon. When you assume that there's pressure there and you're getting rid of the ball quicker, you know, okay, he's rattled. I mean, the best of them. Tom Brady, I don't understand why people just don't fucking put their head down and just cream his ass. Like, right off the bat, get that head rattled. Take the 15. You're doing nothing else. Phil Jackson would do that, right? He always had that dude on the bench he would send out. Who the fuck is that? And I would, would love someone to put Tom Brady in a shallow grave. Right Dude, seriously. And, and do you notice on a side note, like, it seems like at 40 or 41, Tom Brady decides he wants to run more and throw the ball deep. It's like, is Bill Belichick trying to, like, just put guys around him so he could trade him and throw in Garoppolo and just simplify again? I don't I don't understand because Tom Brady's going to hang himself because if you're throwing the ball deeper more, don't you think, even though he's doing it fine, it's like, don't you think you're putting yourself at more risk for turnovers and shit like that? But it's a lot of yards after catch with, like, Brandon Cooks, you know? So, I don't know, man. I just kind of wish the guy would just go away. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, um, I wish he went away nine months ago. How do you see, how do you see, like, what's your biggest concern as a Falcons fan? And then I'll give you my answer to the 10 points, and then I'll let you Injuries, bounce. injuries, that's it. Injuries, that's it. How's your depth? Stacked as fuck. Okay. Okay. Just the injuries, man. Julio Jones goes down. Freeman goes down. Matt Ryan goes down. It's a house of cards, buddy. I I think that it was absolutely, and I had empathy for you because when you were talking about it, uh, I believe before last season started, like really crazy when people are kind of questioning if Matt Ryan is the guy or not. You know what I mean? I hate that. You know, it's like, guys, don't get bored here. Stop it. Just Uh, stop it. I just hate the ring argument. I hate the ring argument. In a team sport, I hate the ring argument. Me too. And then when you add it up, it's like football is kind of fucked when you look at all the variables and and, and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like. Dude, it's a, a, you know, it's, you know, 20, you know, 22 people. It's the only sport where you don't play defense and offense both. Baseball, you do both. Basketball, you do both. Hockey, you do both. And you have less time to practice now. It's like we knew with that CBA that that these teams are going to get dumber. Like if you're taking away time from kids to learn these playbooks, I mean, especially in like a you got to white people's asses society where the parents are like their best friends for a while. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like, dude, um, you know, everybody still expects the media still expects and they love to run, especially in Buffalo, these things that like. If you just get the quarterback, you're all set. Well, look at Andrew Luck. Like, no, it's not just the quarterback. You still have to have a team. And year after year after year, there are consistent teams who make the playoffs with an average game manager. I mean, are you telling me Alex Smith sucked the whole time? No, you had to get with the right coaching. You know, it's like I'd rather take a quarterback that's been around for five, six years that maybe doesn't have that much playing time and build them up. And, you know, look at Alex Smith. He's doing things now. That he's never done in his career. Alex Smith is a dope quarterback. Alex Smith is a dope quarterback. Dude, and they just gave him time. I mean, Andy Reid gave him confidence. Hey, come here. You're going to be my quarterback. No questions asked. And what? look what happens. You know what I mean? So, um, 10 points. Uh, I, I think, think that, I, that's to me. That's to me. Man, I, I think the Bills could hold the Falcons to no more than three touchdowns. So, it really comes down to the Bills' offense to me. And, honestly, they're very predictable on first down. 
And I really think that, you know, because there was like a, there was a series where the Bills got a, a an interception. Um, I believe it was Boyer. They got an interception. And, oh, no, he didn't get picked that game. I think it was. Uh, I, just, I just think we have more weapons than you offensively. And I think that uh, your secondary is so new and young that it's going to get exposed. And I think that Matt Ryan's going to first half is going to be a lot of quick releases. So you don't get those sacks. Yep. And then the second half is going to be a lot of play action with bombs. That's what I think. We'll see. I don't disagree. I just don't have confidence in the bills to always do the right thing. They could have just been in field position, you know, they get the ball at their own 40 or at, you know, dudes 40 against the like Broncos. This. Let me say like, it like I this. don't know, man. They I don't three feel like out. you guys. Let me say it like this, bro. I don't feel like the Bills know who they are yet. And the Falcons definitely know who we are. We're the team that got fucking robbed of the fucking Super Bowl. And we're the exact same team with a new stadium. And come down here and get your butt fucked. And I feel like Atlanta has that kind of chip on their shoulder this year. And I like it. And I like it. I like it. I mean, that's what it takes, fam. We talk Michael Jordan. He gets his ass beat by the Pistons. That dude starts lifting fucking weights. And, okay, take me last, down. The last, there's only one undefeated team in the NFC, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. So. I think it's going to be. And one of those wins is against the Packers. One of those wins is against the Lions. And both those teams, everybody's like, oh, they're both making the playoffs. Well, we we beat both those playoff teams. Who do you think the team is, before I let you go, I think the Bills, it'll be like 21 to, I think it'll be like a 21 to 17 game, Atlanta wins. Um, okay, I'll, I don't, I'll I, take that. You know, because like I said, man, it's like I don't have trust in the Bills to, to I don't think they know who they are in offense yet. They keep trying to progress, trying to progress, and so it takes some time for this line to get, to get going. And when you're switching, you know, what you're asking these guys to do, um, now it's like, oh, cool. Now we have holes in our offensive line that really didn't have yes, holes sir. in the offensive line. And here we go again. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. Um, is there anybody, before I let you go, anything you think we should look out for as far as the NFL in general? Any um, any wild well, in stuff? in general this week, uh, this week uh, it'll be very interesting to see what everybody does presidentially and how that gets handled into week two. I mean, week one, yeah, there's a big cloud of smoke. Week two, is this thing going to continue or are we just going to let it burn off? I hope we'd let it burn off. hope it doesn't turn into a fucking big thing every goddamn week. I know ESPN, NBC, every network wants to make it into a thing because people will tune in to see, mm-hmm. oh, is so-and-so taking a knee? Who isn't? But I think it's stupid. I think it's disrespectful. You know how uh, fast those it, cameramen just ran out there like they couldn't wait to get it? It's like, it's like God. Dude, I mean, I work for the NFL. I know how that works. I mean, they are told early, this guy's going to take a knee, that guy's going to, you know, get, make sure you get a shot of this guy on the knee. Make sure you get a shot, you know. It's all, it's, so it's, when I say that it is completely pre-planned, it is so pre-planned. So I think it's gross. And I think it's disrespectful to sporting. I think it's disrespectful to the NFL. And what's great about sports to me as a man in America that's 45 years old, what's great about sports to me is it gives me an opportunity to check out this is like the Bachelorette to me. My girlfriend likes the Bachelorette. So guess what? She watches that shit. You know why she watches it? Because she doesn't have to listen to politics, think about pregnancy, think about fucking everybody getting fucked over and the floods and the hurricanes and all this. I'm going to watch a Bachelorette and check out for two hours and just like zone out. That's what the NFL is to us. 
and you are taking that away from me, Donald Trump, by making me think about who takes a knee and who doesn't. When I just want to watch fantasy football, play fantasy football, I want to do my job at the red zone, I want to represent Punch Drunk Sports, and I want to watch football for fucking one Sunday where I don't have to fucking hear what a dumb fuck the president of the United States is. So can we please get it back to that? Can we please get it back to that? Let me fucking have one day where I can just watch football all day, act like I'm 12 again, play fantasy football, and then go back to the goddamn grind and give him my tax money to you, you fucking fat, red-headed fuck. And not for nothing. Other than that, other than that, I love everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, please listen to Punch Drunk Sports. Go to punchdrunksports.com. And I implore all of you, if you like to gamble, all you have to do is go to betdsi.com, use the code PUNCH25, and you have free $25 to gamble with. Bet it all on a, uh, on what I said today. Falcons win by 10. Take the fa- And if you win, now you got fucking 50 bucks. And now keep winning money. That is from me, Ari, Sam, Fight Nanny, Aaron, and of course, Johnny Woodard. That's our gift to you. Well, Jason, it's like really, uh, it's flattering to honestly go from Joe Rogan podcast on the job site, kicking around on a baker scaffold, coding ceilings and sanding drywall to getting jaded of playing music to doing a podcast and having Sam ask me to be a part of your punch trunk network. So it's like cool to cover the bills and, you know, I'm really stoked for your network. I think it's going to be like awesome. Thank you, brother. Well, you'll be a part of it. So so flattered. Are you going to do, who's doing one for the Falcons? Are you going to do one? No, uh, we have, I actually have the official Falcons one, which is uh, called the Falcoholics. Uh, These guys are great. They've been there forever. I've been a part of their show for three or four years and we're going to have them on there. And uh, it's a wonderful podcast. So if anybody's a Falcon fan. Oh, I'll listen. I'll yeah. actually listen to it. Alan, to get the skinny Alan that. Stark. Alan Stark. At Alan Stark. A-L-L-E-N-S-T-A-R-K. On Twitter. Follow him. And please, if you do, go, hey, uh, Tebow did the Bills podcast. And uh, he told me to listen to you. So at Alan Stark, if you can tweet at him and say, Teeb sent me here, that'd be a big shout out to me, man. I appreciate that. Please listen to Punch Drunk Sports. Get my new album, Return of the Red State, coming out next month. And please listen to my new podcast, 92.7 The Pod. It's a very funny comedy show. It's like Mr. Show Meets a Podcast. Uh, and it's going to be on uh, All Things Comedy. So please listen to that. First episode drops on Halloween. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Really appreciate it, man. And where can we find you on Twitter? At and- the Teeb. T-H-E-T-E-E-B. At the Teeb. Follow me there, and you can find everything else that I got going on, man. And please, if anybody's in Arizona, come to All Things Comedy Festival. Uh, you will not regret it. Bill Burr, Ari Shafir, Sam Tripoli, uh, myself, Al Madrigal, Theo Vaughn. Everybody's going to be there. We're all doing like six shows in four days, and uh, we're doing a live punch drunk that Friday night. So come out last weekend of October uh, to Arizona. So suck it. Dude, way to go out. You know what I mean? Rack them. If you're Jim Rome, I'd rack you. So, Jason, thank you so much. Um, I'll just pause the stupid shit. Um, so, thanks again. All right. That was the team. What a pleasure. Just, he just goes. So, 
I mean, if you don't listen to Punch Drunk Sports, please check it out. It's hands down my favorite sports podcast ever. And sometimes it's not about sports. It's about the other things in life as well as sports. So it's really, really interesting. So as always, check out them at Punch Drunk on Twitter, Punch Drunk Sports on Instagram, PunchDrunkSports.com. And they will be dropping a podcast, a sports podcast network with all comedians. And uh, yours truly here will be the one covering the bills. And uh, stay tuned for that. Also, don't forget Grandstand Sports Network. Thank you so much for supporting me in this podcast. And um, I've been your host, David Palermo. Make sure you check everything out. And uh, numbillsfan.com, if you want to click through the Etsy store, get yourself a limited shirt or some Bills memorabilia, support the podcast. Money just keeps the servers rolling, website, whatever the hell. I'm not big time with sponsors. So take care. Thank you. I'm your host, David Palermo. Find numbillsfan everywhere you think of. See you. Bye.